Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Isles Empire. Kobe Schechter behind the mic here. So today there's uh, a lot of interesting stuff going on around the league, whether it's uh, Ilias Sorokin drama or Kyle Oposo or even like even not hockey at all, just baseball being a total shit show in the fact that they haven't been able to agree to friggin' anything to start the 2020 season so I'm gonna like I'm a big baseball fan also for those of you who don't know big Yankee fan so I'll be going through all of that and in advance I apologize if my speech is not too great today because on my gum I have a massive canker sore I believe like it hurts a little bit so again if my speech is a little bit bad I apologize So the NHL has begun phase two of the return to play plan that begun that or that began on Monday, June 8th, 2020. Uh, A few of the Islander players actually skated. Uh, I believe it was Josh Bailey, Matt Martin, Thomas Grice, and there was one other guy. Give me one minute. I will look this up. I'm just looking right now. Uh, I'm not gonna waste my time, but I I know, I know Bailey, uh, Bailey Martin and Grice all skated, and I believe Sezikas was here too, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm wrong, I apologize. So, oh wait, uh, I found a, an article here. Hold on. There's just a lot of ads on the computer here. Hold on. No, it was Cal Clutterbuck, not Casey Sezegas. So it was Josh Bailey, Matt Martin, Cal Clutterbuck, and Thomas Grice. So those four guys all skated uh, first. None of the Islanders have come back yet, as far as I know, because I do know that uh, Jordan Eberle and his wife, Lauren, are... They had to, like, ever since they had their first child, her name is Collins, like, ever since they had her, they had to get her uh, Canadian legal rights uh, situated because both Jordan and Lauren are Canadian. They're both from... Jordan, I know, is from Regina, Saskatchewan, and Lauren Rodick, I believe, is from Calgary, if I'm not mistaken, but they're both Canadian, so they had to get Collins uh, acclimated in Canada in terms of her legal status. So they went back to Calgary before the NHL or before phase two of the NHL's return to play plan started on June 8th. So that's that. And so there's, I mean, this was a big thing back in the summer of 2016. Kyle Poso has had another injury in Buffalo. He just had successful surgery on his right knee. The Sabres say he should recover in six weeks. And to see any former Islander go through that rotten of luck sucks because, I mean, he was a good player for us. And it's just... 
in hindsight, it's good that they didn't re-sign him, but obviously every Islander fan was upset when they did not. So he's had, I mean, Tony D'Angelo of the New York Rangers actually uh, concussed him in a fight. Just one punch knocked him out, got cut in the mouth. So he was concussed. I don't know how many games he missed. But I believe that was his second concussion, or the second concussion of his career. And you throw that on top of, or you throw that on top of his other, the other stuff that's been going on in Buffalo. It it sucks to see, man. It really does. So, I mean, ever since, I mean, I know in his last season with the New York Islanders, he had 22 goals, 42 assists for 64 points. And he was a minus four. So, hold on. Let me look up his stats for one. Give me one second. Okay, I've got him now. Sorry, there's just tons of ads on the computer here. Hold on. Just Xing them up. Okay, so Kyle Oposo, ever since going to Buffalo, so I said 64 points in 2015-16, which was his last year with the Islanders. First year in Buffalo, he had... 45 in 65 games, 44 in 76 and 17, 18, 29 in 78 in 2018, 19, and this year, 1920, 19 points in 52 games. So to go through that again, 45 points in 65 games in 2016, 17, minus seven, 44 points in 76 games in 2017-18 minus 34 2018-19 29 points in 78 games minus 9 and in 2019-20 19 points in 52 games minus 3 so his career in buffalo has really gone downhill like right from the beginning it just it was looking like even at the time at the time it was looking like the best fit of any free agent of that class 2016 which has been for the most part pretty horrible uh and oposo is among those guys who have not worked out for the teams that have signed them so 45 plus 44 is 89 plus 29 is hold on let me do it on the calculator Eighty nine plus twenty nine, so one hundred and eighteen plus nineteen. So in his career as a saber, he's only had one hundred thirty seven points in parts of four seasons. Not good. Not good. So you divide the one thirty seven by four. He's averaging 34.25 points per season for 6 million bucks. That's not good, man. That's not good. And I wish him a speedy recovery, man. I really do. Loved him as an Islander. Still like him. Just gone through rotten luck. Just terrible luck. So now I'm going to be shifting my focus to Ilya Sorokin and 
the drama that's been going on with him has actually been pretty comedic, if you ask me, because it's like the Rangers got their KHL guy in Igor Shesterkin, who was I don't know how the fuck they keep pulling these things off. They they turned just to tell you some of the most insane trades they've made over the years. They turned Derek Broussard into Mika Zabanajad. So this was the trade in the summer of 2016. It was Derek Broussard and a seventh round pick going to the Senators for Mika Zibanejad and a second round pick to the New York Rangers. Is that is that a fleecing or is that a fleecing? Mika Zibanejad has been one of the best centers, a top five. He's been a top tw- a top fifteen center in the NHL the past two seasons, and this year he exploded for. 41 goals and 75 points in 57 games, I believe. Wait, let me check that. Fact-checking myself. Uh, Yes, 41 goals, 75 points in 57 games, plus 9 rating. It was last season where he really started to take off. In a full full season last year, 82 games in 2018-19, he had... 30 goals and 74 points, minus 12, like understandable minus 12. The, the Rangers were not good in 2018-19. Like that was the the painful year of rebuilding for them. And I'm not saying that was sarcasm. Like it, it was painful for them to go through a, a grind like that. But he just expl- 41 goals in 57 games. Hold on, let me do that on the calculator. So you divide 41, so 41 divided by 57. He had 0.72 goals per game in 2019-20. 0.72. Like, is that insane or is that insane? And he's on a bargain of a contract also. Signed on July 25th, 2017. It was a five-year contract. He's making $5.35 million a year. And he's still under Ranger control for two more years after this. It's unbelievable. So that's just one trade they've made that's completely blown out of the... that they blew out of the water. Another one is they turned Derek Stepan into Tony D'Angelo, who... I hate saying this as an Islander fan. It's annoying how funny of a guy he is. If you, like, watch the funny stuff he does with the Rangers, it's pretty hilarious, actually. Not, like... It's not, like, knee-slapping hilarious, but it's amusing. It gets you to chuckle. And... I don't get it. Like, I really don't get this. So, Tony D'Angelo, this season was his coming-out party as a... A very good... I wouldn't call him a leap, but a very good defenseman. In 68 games this year, he had 53 points plus 12 rating. Again, is that insane or is that insane for a defenseman who is currently 24 years old? Born on October 24th, 1995 in southern New Jersey. He grew up a a Flyers fan. He, He was a high draft pick. He was the Lightning's top pick in 2014, 19th overall. I don't get it. I, and they also got Adam Fox for two second round picks. 
And Adam Fox, in his rookie season, in 70 games, had 42 points plus 22 rating. I don't... I Jeff Gordon, I don't know how the fuck you keep doing this, but you're a goddamn mastermind in terms of everything you're doing. Like, you're a freaking mastermind! I, I don't get it! Like, you keep fleecing people! <laughs> it's amazing what, he, what he's been doing. He signed Panarin... Like, I really, it's just so crazy. Oh, like, again, the Rangers got their, like, back to Igor Shesterkin for a second. Again, he started the season in Hartford with the Hartford Wolfpack. In 25 games, he had a 1.9 goals against average and a 9.34 save percentage. And in 12 NHL games, he had a 2.52 goals against average and a 9.32 save percentage. Carried that great play over. Did get into that car accident, actually. Like, he got into a car accident with Pavel Buchnevich in Brooklyn on February 24th, I believe, or 23rd. It was either uh, the, the day of the trade deadline or the day before when he got into a car accident and fractured his rib, which took him two weeks to recover from. So, again, like... The Islanders must match the Rangers in terms of getting their prized KHL goalie over from Russia. And according, he actually, the reason why they signed Semyon Varlamov, the Islanders did, on July 1st, 2019, is because at the time, him and Ilya Sorokin were both represented by the same agent. Sorokin, a couple of days ago, has switched agents from... Uh, Paul Theophanis, I believe his name is. I don't know if I'm, I, I believe it's Paul Theophanis. He switched, uh, representation to Dan, like, he, he's now represented by Dan Milstein. Dan Milstein, for those of you who don't know, also represents Nikita Kucherov, league MVP last, uh, of last year, 128 points, I believe. Give me one minute, I'm looking, again, cat-friendly, great website, check it out, please. That's where I get all my information from in terms of stats and player contracts, especially. So hold on. Let me just fact check myself. Nikita Kucherov in 2018-19. Yes, 128 points in 82 games, 41 goals, 87 assists, and a plus 24 rating. Do you call that insane or what? And he's carried he's carried it over this year in 68 games. He had 85 points. Obviously like it's hard to replicate what he did in 18-19, but 85 points in 68 games is still really good and he was a plus 26. So Dan Milstein represents Nikita Kucherov and he also represents the guy who New York Islander fans have grown to hate ever since he didn't sign with them because he signed with the Rangers, and that guy is Artemi Panarin. Artemi Panarin had, in 69 games this year, he had 95 points. 95 points. So hold on, let me do the, let me do the math here. So 95 divided by 69. He averaged 1.38. He averaged 1.38 points per game. It's almost a point and a half per game. And it, 
obviously scoring in today's NHL is much higher than it was five years ago, but it's still insane. And he was a plus 36. I don't know if I mentioned that. Plus 36 in 69 games, 95 points in 69 games. And that's even a step up from his two years in Columbus where he had 82 points in 81 games in 2017-18 and 87 in 79 games in 2018-19. It's even a step up. Again, ridiculous. And he's only he's only 28 years old. Uh, the, uh, the Islanders have got to get Sorokin over here one way or another. I don't care. His, he's going to sign, like, everyone knows this, it's public knowledge. His ELC, if and when he signs it, is going to be a one-year ELC. One-year entry-level contract. So, he's going to need a new contract pretty much right away. But I, at this point, as an Islander fan, I don't give a shit. You have to get him over here. You must be able to match Igor Shesterkin in any way you can. And what the Rangers have been doing the last three years with their rebuild, it's been incredible to watch. It's just, as an Islander fan, I envy. Like, literally, I envy how well they've been rebuilding over, over the last three years. It, it, it's just incredible. Like, I... I oh, my God. It, it's just ridiculous. And... So now, like, to wrap up that segment, it's just, again, the Islanders have got to match the Rangers in terms of getting their their star KHL goalie over here. And Sorokin wants to come here. It's known. He wants to come. It's just a matter of the freaking NHL letting him sign for the 2019-20 season, which I, Kel McCarr did it last year. Chris Kreider did it with the Rangers. I forgot. I think in 2012 he did it with them. They both made their NHL debuts in the playoffs, and they both scored goals, I believe. I know McCarr did, but Kreider, since I was I was only 10 when Kreider made his NHL debut in the playoffs, so I, I think he scored a goal in his first uh, playoff game, but I'm not 100% sure. But either way, they both made their NHL debuts in the playoffs. Sorokin will not play in the playoffs. It, it, he won't play. Like It's going to be Varlamov and Grice. So they just, they have to get him over here and just get him here. That's it. That's all I want. So again, that wraps the Sorokin drama. Like, it's just been completely, it's been such a clown show, if you ask me on the NHL part, not letting him sign. Like, if Makar and Kreider did it, why the fuck can't he do it? I really, it's it's stupid. It's really just downright stupid. So... Now I want to go, so as we all know, the NHL and the NHLPA have agreed to do a 24-team return-to-play format. So that means seven teams missed out on the playoffs totally this season. Those teams are, from the East, Detroit, the the Detroit Red Wings, Ottawa Senators, New Jersey Devils, Buffalo Sabres. So those are the four teams from the East. It's Detroit, Ottawa, New Jersey, Buffalo. And from the West... Pretty ironic. All three California teams missed the playoffs. The Anaheim Ducks, the Los Angeles Kings, and the San Jose Sharks. If you ask me, the team that's in the biggest crisis mode out of all of those seven is San Jose. And I really... uh, The Sabres aren't that far behind them, but 
San Jose's situation is not... It's not a good one to be in for them. They don't have their own pick. I mean, they somehow got a first-round pick at the trade deadline for Barkley Goudreau. Like, a fourth-line plug. They got a first-round pick for him from the Lightning. So, that's good on Doug Wilson's part. Doug Wilson's their GM. And... But the bad thing is, by re-signing Eric Carlson, and his contract, by the way, is ghastly bad. It, 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 it's just, it, it's ghastly bad. Really bad. It, it, he signed it on June 17th, 2019. It's almost been a year. And it has not aged well at all. It was an eight-year contract. Eight years, the max term. $92 million. That's $11.5 million a year in cap hit. It's bonus-laden, buyout-proof in every aspect of those two words. And he's got a full no-movement clause all throughout the contract. A full NMC for all eight years. And the contract, by the way, by the way runs through 2026-2027. It's not a good contract at all. It's it's a terrible deal. I mean, even in his first year with the Sharks, Eric Carlson did not play a full season. He only played in 53 games. He had... In 53 games, he was good. He had 45 points, and he was a... Plus, like, he's an offensive defenseman. And like, everyone knows... He's one of the best two-way... Or he was one of the best two-way defensemen in the NHL for a few years, like, starting really in 2013, or actually really 2011-12 is when he really took off. So, he was one of the best two-way defensemen, and the last two years, his first two in San Jose, hasn't been healthy, but he's produced when he has been. And it's a terrible, terrible contract. I mean, he had a really good playoff last year, 16 points in 19 games, minus three. Very good playoff. So they gave him a contract. Like, it was either between him or Joe Pavelski. Because their cap situation, it wouldn't allow them to sign both. So they had to pick one. And they chose Carlson, which I think... Like, even at the time, I thought it wasn't... Ugh, man. Even at the time, I thought, I'm like, no, dude, the guy hasn't been healthy. Like, this is a bad idea. And lo and behold... That contract is it, it from the from the moment it was signed looked horrible and it's gotten even more horrible. And there's still by the way, there's still seven fucking years left on it. <laughs> there's still seven years on it. And the Sharks, their contract situations, like it's not just Carlson. They Logan Couture signed an eight-year deal on July 1st, 2018, an eight-year $64 million deal. That started when he was 30 years old. 30 years old. Starts an 8 year contract. Doug Wilson. I don't know what. I don't know what you were drinking. But it, it was not. These terms are brutal. Evander Kane. It, he was excellent for them. After they picked him up at the 2018. At the 2018 trade deadline. From the Buffalo Sabres. Where he had 14 points in 17 regular season games for them. He was a plus 5. And in his first full season as a Shark, 75 games, 56 points. He was a 30-goal scorer. 
minus four. And in 20 playoff games last year, not great, but not like totally terrible. He had eight points minus four. I mean, he, I think, will fare the best out of all of them. This year, by the way, he had 47 points in, in 64 games, 26 goals. He would have hit 30 again. But he plays a very physical game, big hitter. He fights. When he's got 122 penalty minutes this season, uh, yeah, you know he fights a lot. <laughs> And his deal was signed on May 24th, 2018. So that's that's another crazy long contract. And, uh, another one is... No, not Timo Meyer. His contract is good. It was four years, 24. Another crazy contract that the Sharks gave to a piece of their core. Brent Burns, who signed an eight-year, $64 million deal that started, I believe, when he was 32. 32. And, again, bonus-laden... Not it, not good, man. Not good. Just not good. In 70 games this year, 45 points, minus 22. I mean, last year he was very good. He had 83 points in 82 games. He's a defenseman. He's an offensive defenseman that puts up... He could put up... He could literally be a 70 to 75 point defenseman for you. He's that good offensively. So, since the start of the contract in 2017-18, in a full 82 games that year, he had 67 points, minus 16. The next year, in 18-19, he had 83 points in 82 games. He was a plus 13. And the third year of that eight-year contract, 45 points in 70 games, minus 22. And by the way, that deal, I believe, runs until he is... That deal runs until he's 40. No, that's not a joke. That deal, his contract runs until he's 40 freaking years old. So the last crazy long contract that the Sharks gave to a piece of their core, Mark Edward Vlasic, who signed an eight-year, $56 million deal on July 1st, 2017 bonus laden that deal runs until i believe he's 39 39 or 40 very very late it's not like again he's more of a defensive defenseman who could who can put up a few points for you like the first year of his of his deal he had wait was it the first year no the first year of his deal was 18 19 so the first year of his deal he had 25 points in 72 games minus six this year, 15 points in 70 games, minus 10. You see his decline. He's played over 1,000 NHL games. And he's played a lot in the playoffs, too. He's played 142 playoff games. So if you calculate that, he's played well over 1,150 games. Wait, so hold on. Let me just do that. Like, okay. Uh, so 1,035 plus 142. He's played a total of 1,177 games. 1,177. Think about that for a second. And, and how many years does he have left on his contract? Oh, I don't know. I'm looking at it right now because I, because they're so long I can't figure this crap out. He's got six years left on his deal after this year. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, the Sharks, 
unexpectedly had a really, really, really shitty year, don't have their own first round pick, which is definitely, I think it's going to be top three. And that's going to go to the, that, that pick is going to go to the Senators. They do have the Lightning's first round pick, but they have to see how well the Lightning do in the playoffs. <laughs> and the Lightning, if they want to avenge last year, they're going to go far. <laughs> like, if they want to avenge last year, I think they're going to go far. I mean, I, never mind that. Like, if, if they want to get revenge last year, they cannot take their opponents lightly. Like, they took Columbus lightly, went up 3-0 in game one, blew that, blew the series away. I was expecting them to win in four. I was expecting the Lightning to sweep Columbus, not the other way around. The Sharks, again, crisis mode. The other two Cali teams, the Kings and the Ducks, I'm not going to spend as much time on them because this year the Kings were expecting to suck and they they were not good. The Ducks, same thing, expecting to not be good and they were not good. The Ducks actually have two first-round picks this year. They have their own and and the Bruins' first-round pick that they got when they traded for David Backus because the the David Backus contract is not good either. He signed it on, I believe, July 1st, 2016. Yeah, July 1st, 2016. It was a five-year, $30 million deal, bonus-laden, and... So the Bruins managed to get rid of most of his cap hit, I believe. The Bruins retain... How much is on the cap hit right now? The Bruins retained $1.5 million in cap hit. The Ducks took the... They they took the the majority of it. They took on four and a half, like 4.5 mil. So to sweeten that pot and to get rid of as much of that cap hit as possible, the Bruins had to throw in... They they threw in their first round pick, and again they were really good team this year. They won the President's Trophy with a record of I believe it was forty three fourteen and twelve. Or wait, hold on, wait. Uh, let me look that up. Fact check myself. It was okay. So in seventy games, they they were forty four fourteen and twelve, with going zero and seven in the shootout, which is. I mean, I don't know where I stand on the shootout. Like, ugh. <laughs> like, you say, like, oh, it's not hockey, but, like, bro, you gotta end the game. Like, I don't like ties in sports as is. So, I mean, they, they, dude, but they, they were incredible this year. 44, 14, and 12 for, how many points is it? Okay, they, they had 100 points on the dot because... They had 88 points from the 40, from the 44 wins and plus the 12 overtime losses add 12. So they had 100 even. So the Ducks are looking like they're in good shape for a good draft this upcoming offseason. They've got their pick in the Bruins. So they've obviously got to watch and see how well Boston does in the playoffs. So they're, they're looking like they're in good shape and they've got good prospects too. They've got uh, Max Comtois is, I think, their top prospect, if I'm not mistaken. They've got a goalie in John Gibson. They've got a top defenseman in Cam Fowler. I mean, 
Ryan Getzloff is aging. He's got one more year left on his deal after this. Ryan Getzloff's 35. Adam Henrique is getting a little older now. He's 30. He's got uh, four years left on his contract after this, I believe. Uh, let me fact check that. Yeah, he's got four years left after this. He signed a five-year extension with the Ducks on July 16th, 2018. So... They're they're in the doldrums of rebuilding right now, the Ducks, but they're looking like they're in good shape for a good offseason. And so the last Cali team that missed the playoffs, the Los Angeles Kings, they are looking like they're going to have a monster draft. They've got their first round pick. They've got three second round picks. They've got two thirds and they have two fourths. And... None of those picks have conditions on them. So, like, obviously their picks don't have the conditions on them. But all the picks they got from other teams, which were Vancouver, Vegas, Columbus, and Calgary, none of those picks have conditions. They're unprotected. So, in all, this draft, they have a total of 4, 6, 8, 9, 10. They have 11 picks in this, this year's draft. And even in 2021, they have two second-round picks. And two third-round picks that have conditions on them. Or, no, uh, two third-round picks, uh, their own in the Maple Leafs, which has conditions on it. So, Kyle Clifford, so the conditions are this. I'm reading it directly off of Cap Friendly. So, it was traded on uh, February 5th, 2020. And the conditions were the 2021 third round pick upgrades to a second round pick if either Kyle Clifford re-signs with Toronto or if the Maple Leafs make the 2019 playoffs and Jack Campbell wins six regular season games. That's a pretty big mouthful there. Even I, that's hard for me to comprehend. So Kyle Clifford, he's got... like. For the can like it, they have the pick, but for it to upgrade, the like those conditions have to be met. Not all of them. It's it's either if Kyle Clifford resigns with the Leafs, or if the Maple Leafs make the twenty nineteen playoffs and Jack Campbell wins six regular season games. As of right now, I don't think those conditions are going to be met. So the fourth round pick from Calgary, again from twenty twenty one. This pick was traded on deadline day, actually, February 24th, 2020. The 2021 fourth-round pick upgrades to a 2022 third-round pick if Calgary reaches the 2020 conference finals and if Derek Forbort plays in 50% of those games or if Forbort re-signs with Calgary. Again, another big mouthful. It's a lot of conditions. So... What has to happen is they have at least a fourth-round pick, but it'll upgrade to a, a third in 2022 if Calgary reaches the 2020 Conference Finals and Derek Forbort plays in 50% of those games or if he just re-signs with Calgary. And as of right now, none of those conditions are met, so we'll see where that goes. But the Kings are looking like they will have a monster draft. They're look they've also got, I believe, don't they, I believe they have Alex Turcott in the wings, who was the fifth overall pick last year. Yes, Alex Turcott signed his ELC on 
March 11th, 2020. He actually signed it on the last day that there were games. So he signs his ELC, which takes effect next year in 2020, 2021. Kings, man. I mean, I mean, if you're a Kings fan, you're kind of annoyed because... They, they missed the playoffs, right? Like, they weren't a good team this year. But guess what? Right before the pause went into effect and their season was ended, they had won seven games in a row. That's not hyperbole. That's a fact. They had won seven straight games. So they were 22-35-6, and they boosted their record to make it look a lot better than it was. Like, still not good, but they made it look a lot better than it should have been. Wait, so... Let me look that up. Just, again, fact check myself. <clears throat> yeah, so, yeah, they, they were 29. They finished 29, 35, and 6. The Sharks finished 29, 36, and 5. And the Ducks finished 29, 33, and 9. The Ducks were the best team out of all the teams in Cali. They had 67 points. The Kings had 64. And the Sharks, 63. So, I mean, if you're a Kings fan or a player, you're like, Dad, gummit, like, we couldn't, like, get a chance to continue that streak. <laughs> no, but again, the Kings are looking like, again, m they have so many draft picks. If I'm them, I try to hit on as many of those as I can. You got three seconds, two thirds, and two fourths. Plus your first round pick, which is probably going to, it's going to be top ten probably. So those are the Cali teams. Detroit, again, like... Detroit was the one team this year where you like they were like you knew they were trying to tank. Like you knew they were going to be bad and they were. I believe they were 17 49 and 5. <laughs> yeah, they were 17 49 and 5, but like again for 39 points, but you knew they were trying to be bad. Like that much you knew. So, yeah, doldrums of rebuilding. They've got a few pieces there that are, like, their team is, I mean, other than really, actually, nah, other than Dylan Larkin, they don't really have anybody that's young. I mean, Anthony Mantha, sorry, no, no, Anthony Mantha's good. But uh, Tyler Bertuzzi's young, he's okay. Robbie Fabry's good, but they don't have anybody that's looking like a, like a game-breaking talent right now. Excuse me, they, they just, they don't. I mean, they got Henrik Zetterberg's cap recapture penalty on LTIR. It, it's, he retired because of lingering back issues. They still ha are paying him in cap hit until the end of next year. 6083333 That's... Not good, but if you're a rebuilding team, you want to hit the floor and have as little on payroll as possible. Johan Franzen, they're also paying, but his... They're not paying... Like This is the last year they have to pay him on LTIR. So Franzen and Capit is making this year... like Again, he's retired too. He's been for years. 3954545 And Kyle Brodziak is like 1.15, but that's like nothing and he ends after this year too so they they could do some cleaning up again this offseason in terms of bad contracts and stuff like that but the, 
again, they're rebuilding. Again, they're looking like they're going to have a really good draft, too. They have their first round pick, which is going to be high. They have three seconds. They have two-thirds. And in 2021, they have their first round pick, two seconds and two-thirds. Again, if I'm Steve Eiserman, I'm hitting. I'm gonna try to hit on as many of those picks as I possibly can. So that wraps up Detroit. The next team, Ottawa. They're okay. Ottawa is looking like they're going to enjoy the spoils of having a completely insane amount of draft picks. <laughs> they have three first round picks, four seconds. Two-thirds and two-sixths. Like, two-sixth-round picks. Again, three firsts, four seconds, and two-thirds. And in 2021, they have three seconds. The Islanders actually gave them their uh, first two picks for this year in the Jean-Gabriel Pajot trade. So, the first-round pick they actually gave the Senators, believe it or not, has a condition on it. If the Islanders lose the play-in round of the Panthers, they'll be a lottery team. And if somehow they land in the top three, the Islanders retain the pick and give the Senators their 2021 first-round pick. So it's a much easier condition to figure out. Like, again, if the Islanders miss the field of 16, win the draft lottery and get in the top three, get in the top three picks... They retain their 2020 first round pick and it becomes a 2021 first round pick. So the second round pick is unprotected. That's going to go to the Senators no matter what. But the Senators are looking like, again, completely ridiculous draft. Like they're going to have to have like, they're going to have to have guys, like they're going to be drafting so many guys. They're going to have to get a bench. Like if they want to get a picture of all of them, they're going to have to get a bench and have Guys stand on the bench and guys kneel in the front. Like, that's how many players they're drafting. Or that's how many picks they have. It's completely insane. And they're set up to really give their rebuild a shot in the arm this offseason. They really are. I mean, they've got Colin White, who's young, on a a solid contract. $4.75 million a year. Brady Kachuk, who's going to need... He's eligible to sign an extension this summer. And obviously they've got some bad contracts and they're still, they're, they're, they have five guys on IR right now. But again, if you're a bad team, you're just looking and they're still paying Dion for enough buyout money. So, I mean... Again, set up to have a monster offseason in terms of drafting players. They're in great shape. So next team from the East that that is going to miss is New Jersey. And I'm as shocked as they are on them totally having a flop of a year, missing, missing the playoffs period, and they traded Taylor Hall. It's, I mean, they had... Just a terrible season. But the good thing out of that, they have they can get up to three first-round picks. So they have their own first-round pick, and they have two firsts that have conditions on them. So when they traded Taylor Hall to the Coyotes, this like, they got a conditional first. 
if Arizona's tw- this is the condition if Arizona's 2020 first round selection is in the top 3 New Jersey is going to get Arizona's first round pick in 2021 it's the same thing with the Islander first uh conditional pick so and the Canucks the condition on that if the Canucks don't make the playoffs in 2019-20 the 2020 first round pick will transfer to a 2021 first round pick instead so they're going to get picks from them. It's just a matter of what year. And they have the Islanders' second-round pick uh, in 2021. The Islanders gave that up in the Andy Green trade on February 16th, 2020. Which, that trade, by the way, the Andy Green trade, that was the first time the Islanders made a trade since July 3rd, 2018. That's 593 days in between trades. 593 days. Think about that. It's crazy. So, again, the Devils, they can have up to three first-round picks this year. They don't have a second and a third, but they have two-fourths, so they can trade up, maybe, to get a third. We'll see what they do. But they've got... They don't have too many long contracts on their books, Travis Zajac is up after next year. Kyle Palmieri is up after next year. Nikita Gusev is up after next year. Miles Wood is under contract through 2022. Pavel Zaka through 2022. He sure obviously was like their big guy that they had to give a big contract to because he's their face. Like, and he's going to be the focal point of their rebuild along with Jack Hughes. So he sure in the middle of this year on... July, or actually, no, excuse me, on October 18th, 2019, signed a seven-year, $50,750,000 extension to remain with the Devils through 2027. And it's a good contract. Not There's only one signing bonus, which comes in the first year. The Devils are set up to, to have a good rebuild. They are. So we'll see how they handle their draft picks and their players if they want to trade people or maybe buy someone out. Like, we'll see. So the last team, like, this is the Eastern team that's in all-out crisis mode, in my opinion, is the Buffalo, the Jack Eichel-led Buffalo Sabres. Jack Eichel? Oh, my God. I mean, where do I begin? That guy is incredible. He had, every year he's just gotten better and better in the NHL. This year in 68 games, he had 78 points plus 5 rating. And it's he was incredible to watch. He is on an 8-year, $80 million extension, which he signed on October 3rd, 2017. There's only two bonuses in it, but if you're the Sabres, you don't care. He's your star player. You have to pay him like a star player. I mean... In my opinion, I mean, I think he should request a trade. I'm like, he should go up to Jason Botterill and say, I've been with this organization for five years. I've given my, I've given it my all for you guys for five years. And there hasn't been any progress made in terms of getting close to a playoff berth. The, the Sabres best year with him was his first year in the league in 2015-16 
They went 35, 36, and 11. Missed the playoffs, but it was a good first year for Jack Eichel. Get your feet wet. He had 56 points in 81 games that year, minus 16. That was their best year with him. That was their best year. And when you felt hope if you were a Sabres fan. Now it's like, where the fuck do we go now? Like, where the fuck do we go from here? Like, seriously. They are... They are in complete panic mode. Like, if if I'm the Pagoulas right now, I'm in complete panic mode. It's not a good situation up there. It's really not. They don't have a surplus of draft picks. I mean, they've got Jeff Skinner's contract is terrible. Kyle Posos is terrible. Ristolainen's isn't bad. Colin Miller's isn't bad, but... They've got a couple of really bad contracts on the book. I mean, they don't, again, they don't have a surplus of draft picks. They have their, they have their first round pick and their second, but they don't have a third. Same story in 2021. They don't have a third, but they have their first and second. I mean, if I'm the Pagulas, I'm like, fuck it. I, I need to get this team back on the map in any way I can. That team has been a joke ever since 20, ever since they got eliminated from the playoffs in 2011, the Pagoulas took control of the team in February, 2011, I believe. And they made the playoffs that year. Since then, haven't come freaking close. Haven't come close. It's been a joke. They're a joke. It's a complete joke. It really is. It's unbelievable. Sabres fans, I feel bad for you. I, I swear to God. They were losing. I, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Dwayne Sinell. He had the best rant I've ever heard on a Buffalo talk radio show, like a Buffalo radio station. It was incredible. Like, just look up Sabres fan rant and you'll find it. It, it was, it went viral. And because of Dwayne Steinell, Sabres fans literally staged a protest outside of Key Bank Center on February 8th, 2020. They actually, the Sabres actually beat the Rangers the previous night, but that doesn't matter. Uh, he was the reason why Sabres fans staged a protest outside of Key Bank, like outside of the Key Bank Center in Buffalo. Like, it, it's just, oh my God. Sabres fans, you guys, you deserve better than this garbage. You really do. It's it's incredible to watch like that team just be a circus act. <laughs> it's not good. It's really not good. So, and so that's all seven teams that missed the twenty four team playoff. And that's that's it for the show, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you guys soon.